Good morning. I am Snigda Sharma. I am going to read today's newspaper that is of 1st October 2020. This podcast is for those who do not have time to read newspaper themselves. Thank you and happy preparing. Good morning. Our first editorial is Justice in Ruins. India cannot afford successive judicial setbacks to secular values and the rule of law. The ruins of the Babri Masjid were cleared in record time by the hordes of vandals mobilized for demolishing it. Some detritus was still left though a belief among many that justice would be done. and the constitution and the rule of law would be upheld if the criminal court punishes those who plotted the events of december 6 1992 even when the supreme court handed over the empty site to those who wanted the mosque brought down to build a ram temple its recognition of the demolition as an egregious violation of the rule of law gave rise to hope that the end of justice would be served by the punishment of those home mobilized the vandals a special cbi court in lucknow has now cleared the remaining debris with an unconscionable judgment throwing to the winds of the supreme court's observation on the demolition the trial court has in effect given judicial legitimation to the ramjan bhumi movement by acquitting all those indicted for conspiracy to bring down the structure its conclusion are drastic and defy logic and fact the court's finding that the demolition was not planned in advance flies in the face of the entry of more than 100000 volunteers into ayodhya that day armed with crowbars spades hoes and ropes and every implement needing needed to bring down a sturdy structure and clear the site the proponents of the moment headed by lk edwani mulli manohar joshi and uma bharti among others had positioned themselves in vantage points to witness the occasion and celebrate with pride what ought to have caused shame and disgust it is indeed true that it is not easy to prove a conspiracy as it essentially takes place in secret this is where courts must draw reasonable inferences from the circumstances but in a conspiracy of this nature it is easy to see that those involved were marching under a banner an image the supreme court had once referred to while explaining the ingredients of a conspiracy in case apart from the political mobilization and the purported intent to assemble on particular day the court had with it sufficient evidence that there was studied in action on the part of the state whose chief minister was one of the accused and the unambiguous and open threats to the structure voiced by many of the movement's protagonists the dissembling kalyan singh as chief minister then had given what in hindsight was an obviously false assurance to the highest court and national integration council that nothing but a symbolic karseva would take place specific instructions appeared to have been given to the security forces not to stop the karseva works or hinder their plans 
how else would one explain the events when the crowd went into frenzy goaded on by provocative speeches by the dignitaries and wonders went up the dome the accused would have the court to believe that they were actually trying to restrain the mob and prevent the demolition the possibility of tampered audio and video evidence or even disavowals on a record would not undo the cumulative effect of the logistical and financial preparation beside the communal mobilization mr advani who had then claimed it was the saddest day of his life now says the en masse acquittal is a vindication of the movement This indicates that the objective of the mobilization exemplified by his rathe by his rathyatra was always to alter the status quo with the violence the manmohan singh liberhan liberhan commission had laid bare the entire conspiracy in its damning report but unfortunately a probe under the commission of inquiry act has no binding value various the evidence adduced at the trial alone matters it is of course the responsibility of the cbi to prove the element of conspiracy the details of the advance mobilization the meeting of mind that is required to prove a plot and its broad contours that the agency failed is no surprise from the beginning the police investigation has been marked by bungling When the main event were covered by two FIRs the UP government initially failed to notify both of them while designating courts for trial the Allahabad High Court quashed the flawed notification and the state government's failure to rectify the irregularity resulted in separate proceeding in Lucknow and Raibareli The CBI instead of challenging the state's rejection of its request for curing a technical defect filed a supplementary charge sheet after omitting the conspiracy charge the supreme court later said that this derailed the joint trial and resulted in separate proceeding in two places in 2017 The Supreme Court revived the conspiracy charge directed the trial court to resume day-to-day trial and sternly reminded the agency that it was because of its failure and that of the state government that a crime that shook the secular fabric of the constitution had not seen justice for 25 years whether a politically hamstrung agency could have successfully prosecuted such a sensitive case is a moot question but the results are there for all to see even allowing for the possibility that the judiciary in is in close alignment with the executive it is unacceptable to see a court going so far as to parrot the specious theories advanced by the demolition squad from the bjp vhp rss family for years that the destruction was a spontaneous act all those who went through that disgraceful phase in india's political history know that the demolition was only the culmination of the revanchist movement the period was marked by communal mobilization holding of procession to gather bricks meant for constructing a temple 
and an attempt attempt to storm the site in 1990 which ended in bloodshed given this grisly background and the grave implication that the exoneration of those who demolished a religious structure would have on public trust in the judicial system it is imperative that the cbi goes on appeal the cause of communal amity cannot afford successive judicial setback to both secular values and the rule of law thank you good morning we are moving to our next article that is time to shift focus to the maritime sphere this article is written by happy mon jacob for a country that has been traditionally obsessed with a continental approach to war and peace India's continental grand strategy is facing an existential crisis today given that reconciliation with its key adversaries China and Pakistan is unlikely at this point and pursuing its ambition ambitious territorial claim on the ground is almost impossible new delhi's continental operations or option seems restricted to holding operations to prevent further territorial loss put differently new delhi's grand strategic plans in the continental space may have reached a dead end state of continental strategy the current state of india's continental strategies is hardly flattering china has begun to push the boundaries with india quite literally so and beijing is neither keen on ending the ongoing border stalemate nor reinstating the status quo with india as of march 2020 the peaceful india china line of actual control in the northeast is now a thing of the past with china push- pushing back new delhi's claim on aksai chin and new delhi defending against beijing expansive territorial claims and their slow but aggressive implementation China has crossed the red line with India and India's LEC with China is not going to be the same ever again. It is the beginning of a long bitter winter in the Himalayan borders between the two Asian giants. In the northwest the Pakistan front has also been heating up. Ceasefire violations on the line of control have spiked since last year as has an infiltration of the terrorists across the LOC. With the change of the status of Jammu and Kashmir by New Delhi in 2019 and Pakistan altering its political map a few months ago to include all of Jammu and Kashmir the India Pakistan contestation over Kashmir has become fiercer equally important is a geopolitical collusion between Islamabad and Beijing to contain and pressure New Delhi from both sides While this is not a new phenomenon the intensity of the China Pakistan containment strategy against India today is unprecedented the extent and intent behind this collusion will determine the future of the high stakes game in the Himalayas for a long time to come changes in Afghanistan The ongoing withdrawal of the United States from Afghanistan, the loss of a friend in the region for New Delhi and the consequent reduction of India's influence in Afghanistan 
and the return of the Taliban with whom India has very little contact could turn the geopolitical tide against New Delhi similar to the situation in the early 1990s but unlike in the 1990s tables have turned in Afghanistan the Taliban is no more an outcast and with withdrawal of forces of North Atlantic Treaty Organization from Afghanistan the geopolitical interest of Pakistan China and Russia would broadly converge in the region The change of the geopolitical landscape in Afghanistan and the frictions in Iran-India relations will further dampen India's mission Central Asia. In sum, this is perhaps the end of the road for New Delhi's northeastern and northwestern geopolitical forays. For sure, India needs to find a way out of this situation. One key part of the solution is to creatively deal with its continental dilemmas. To begin with New Delhi must seek ways to break up with nutcracker situation that the Pakistani and Chinese strategies have forced India into to do so India would need to deal with the comparatively easier part first the Pakistan front pressure from the Pakistan front could be eased by addressing the Kashmir question with Islamabad creating a modi come of a, a modicum of normalcy on the LOC by activating existing mechanisms such as the director general of military operations hotline is another way to deal with the Pakistan front however there is little appetite in new delhi to do so so unless there is a political will in new delhi to put in place a strategy to address the pakistan front there will be little respite from the nutcracker situation that it faces today and yet it is time for new delhi to think beyond its continental fixation maritime strategy explain It appears abundantly clear now that New Delhi's excessive focus on the continental sphere since independence has not yielded great returns in terms of secure borders. Healthy relation with its neighbors or deterrent stability through adversaries. If so, it is time for India to change its grand strategic approach by shifting its almost exclusive focus from the continental sphere to the maritime sphere. Clearly, New Delhi has already begun to think in this direction with the Ministry of External Affairs, MEA, establishing a new division to deal with the Indo-Pacific in April 2019. The work in this direction, both additional and practical, needs to be fast-tracked to keep pace with the emerging realities and to make use of new opportunities. There are several reasons why a maritime grand strategy would work to India's advantage while still struggling with a continental dilemma. To begin with, unlike in the continental sphere wherein India seems to be hemmed in by China-Pakistan collusion, the maritime sphere is wide open to India to undertake coalition building, rule setting and other forms of strategic exploration. Visualize this. While India seems struck between Pakistan and China from a continental perspective, from country is located right at the center of the Indo-Pacific geopolitical 
imagination in the midst of the oceanic space spanning from the shores of Africa to that of the Americas as Prime Minister Narendra Modi put it at the Shangri-La dialogue 2 years ago on June 1st 2018 second unlike in the continental sphere there is a growing great power interest in the maritime sphere especially with the arrival of the concept of indo-pacific the euro-american interest in india's land borders with pakistan and china is negligible and more so there is little any country can do to help india in its continental contestations the situation in the maritime sphere is the exact opposite great powers remain ever more interested in the maritime sphere and this interest has grown substantially since the coinage of indo-pacific for instance germany recently re- released its indo-pacific guidelines following the example of france which brought out its indo-pacific strategy last year third beijing's bullying behavior in the south china sea in particular and the region in general has generated a great deal of willingness among the euro-american powers and the countries of the region including australia and japan to push back chinese unilateralism this provides new delhi with a unique opportunity to enhance its influence and potentially checkmate the chinese ambitions in the region Finally the maritime space is a lot more important to China than engaging in opportunistic land grab attempts in the Himalayas thanks to the massive chinese trade that happens via the oceanic routes and the complex geopolitics around the maritime choke points which can potentially disrupt that trade a revitalized indian maritime grand strategy may or may not checkmate china in the himalayas it may even prompt beijing to increase pressure there but it will certainly provide new delhi a lot more space from maneuver in the region and message beijing that its himalayan adventure could become costly for it new delhi must use its indo-pacific engagement to dissuade Beijing from salami slicing Indian territory in the high Himalayas think beyond a division therefore it is high time new delhi shifted its almost exclusive focus from the continental space to the maritime space stitching together a maritime grand strategy the mea's indo pacific division is a good beginning so is the decision in 2019 to elevate the quad meetings among india japan united states and australia to the ministerial level New Delhi would do well to ideate on the current and future maritime challenges consolidate its military and non-military tools engage its strategic partners and publish a comprehensive vision document on the Indo-Pacific The current Indo-Pacific division briefs document put out by the MEA does not make the cut More so, New Delhi should consider appointing a special envoy for Indo-Pacific affairs. The Asian geopolitical chessboard awaits bold moves by New Delhi. Happy Mohan Jacob is assistant professor, Center for International Politics, Organization for and Disarmament, School of International Studies, Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi. Thank you.